Whopper, 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 junior, double, triple, whopper. Welcome to the Misreps Podcast. My name's Kanal, and I'm here with Adam. How you doing, man? <laughs> I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you I was going to do that, did I? No. <laughs> I was just waiting for the live reaction. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, it was actually a nice little jingle. That was a good one. That was a good one. Man. You know, there's a YouTube video of it playing on 10 hours repeat. <laughs> I, I believe anything is playing on 10 hours repeat on YouTube, man. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Anything. Anything and everything could be at 10 hours. It's simple, right? Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah. Uh, man, it's hey, cold. Dude. It's cold up here in Dallas. We have like, uh, rain. it's been raining all day. And it's like close to free. Well, I say close to freezing, but like 38 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's been a nice and chilly, rainy day. And it's like one of those nice days to look out the window while you're working. But yeah, that's where I'm at. How about you? Yeah, we got we, we stole some of your sun. We got some sun up here in the northwest, but it's uh, it's still a little chilly. But uh, it's funny because normally we'd be in the 38 degrees with cold <laughs> with cold rain coming down kind of thing. But, you know, it's been a it's been a pretty good day. But, uh, you know, it's kind of weird. We don't yeah. have to, we don't have to talk about the Seahawks now. Like, well, we we do we can, but like, you know, this is like the first episode where we haven't had to talk about them. So, thank you for joining joining us here at the Miss Reps Podcast. My name is Canal and Adam. Follow us on our socials. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, yeah, that's it. That's it today, everyone. No Seahawks news, but wait, there is Seahawks news. We actually have a really big signing to let you all in on, and it's like the it's the man, the myth, and the legend. Jason Meyer. Give it up for Jason Meyer, everyone. J. Yes. Meyer, everybody. <laughs> um, that's the kicker for the Seahawks. And he he got he signed to a four year, twenty one point one million dollar deal about with about like eight point six million dollars of it guaranteed or eight point seven if you want to round it up. Um, he has some incentives in there, of course. But uh, at the end of the day, he's I think he's like the second uh, highest paid kicker right now, which is OK, because he's been very consistent for us on the field. Um, he's had. You know, you'll see a miss here and there, but more than like nine times out of ten, he's very reliable. You know, I think he, I think he surpassed Justin T- Tucker for like accuracy at one point in the season, and then, and then I think he had a miss or two in the in the later games. But it's been kind of wild. It's one of those seasons where it's like we talked about it a lot, right? How important special teams have been for this season with how uh, with how tight these games have been, and how like <laughs> you should have seen Cowboys fans last week after Brett Mayer missed those four extra points, they were ready to show right. up at his house with an axe and just you know commit bloody murder. Oh you know, gosh. having that stability for someone that your your kicker is more often than not like, or you know, for a lot of teams, I should say, the highest score for 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 that team because you you just kick more field goals and you score touchdowns. You know, for mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it comes down to it. And so, you know, having that locked up is pretty good. I'm not too bothered by the the figure. You know, it's it is what it is. You I said, think, I think he, we're if, if I remember correctly, I think we're down to about like forty or a high thirty million dollars left for like free agency up ahead. So it's still like we can still get like one to three signings if if they're big signings. But knowing how the Seahawks sign people, which I I kind of it's kind of irritating. I, I hate signing like you know just throwaway vet players. To like the the vet minimums and stuff like that, and honestly, we've been doing that for like the past five years, and it just hasn't been working out as much as you would think in terms of like the defense, except for Nuoso. That again, that was a good that free was a good agency one. signing, uh, but nothing else that I could see from like last year. But uh, speaking of free agents, the Seahawks have a lot of free agents to worry about. Uh, the biggest one, of course, is Geno Smith. There's a lot of stuff going around on like what the Seahawks should do around that. But Pete and um, John Schneider both have said, like, we need to pay that man. 
we got the, we just got to get the figures straight and get that to him. So they're going to offer him something, whether he wants it or not is a whole other question. But um, I don't know. It's funny because we don't talk about Drew Locke. So I don't know what's the future of Drew Locke right now as he's also a free agent as well. It's a backup quarterback. If anything, it would be a solid one to have. One of the things I've been hearing about, like I think you might have mentioned this last week, was that, you know, maybe you let Geno go and, you know, get get the money he's deserved somewhere else and then sign Drew Locke to a little bit of a smaller deal and then use that money to get another free agent signing. Basically, um, that is one option we can do. But knowing how like we just want to win now, especially with like the age of Pete and stuff like that to consider, I don't think they're going to do that. They're going to basically like sign, if not slightly overpaid, you know, to keep him in dependent. The the age of Pete. (laughs) I'm starting to think that Pete's a vampire because I feel like that guy hasn't aged at all. But, you know, it is it is one thing to consider. He's the oldest head coach in the league still. So, I mean, yeah, that's like, you know, what is he, like 72, 73? Yeah, and I think that's only because I think, was it Romeo Cremel, the guy at uh, Houston? Or it might have been like the interim yeah, coach at Houston. he was the interim coach the year before, and they let him go. And then Lovey Smith was it this year, they let him go. <laughs> yeah, but he, Romeo Cremel, I think he's like 75 or something like that. Yeah, like that, yeah he, that, was that, that, he was the oldest before him, and now it's uh, it's Pete's reigns. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, with Pete right now, I don't know how long he has. He hasn't, obviously, no one's been asking him. That's, it's, it's really crazy. No one's been asking him, like, when he's going to retire, but you can just tell he'll just be there as long as he can. So, uh, he's not a free agent we have to worry about right now. But uh, some other key uh, free agents I have here is Keanu, uh, not Keanu Neal, but Ryan, uh, Ryan Neal. I you even I, wrote it. <laughs> hey, 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 leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. But he, but look, Ryan Neal, I'm sorry, my man. Uh, is up for a contract. Puna Ford, Rashad Penny, LJ uh, LJ Collier, and I. There's a lot of others. Like we have like over like what fifteen. Yeah, some other names I saw in there were like you know Travis Homer, Penny Hart, like other guys that you would that you know we filled out the roster with. And I think didn't you say Cody Barton was was there yeah, too? Cody Barton's there, and Michael Jackson, our uh, other starting corner, the that we were rotating. Uh, him with uh, I think Kobe Bryant as well so I think Michael Jackson is going to be out I personally think Michael Jackson is going to be out of the Seahawks and they're going to finally just put Kobe Bryant in there or not Kobe Bryant um, Trey Brown Trey Brown yeah yeah we didn't see a lot of Trey Brown towards the end of last season and I think that kind of just had to do with like injuries and stuff like that but you know come this upcoming season he should be 100% but you know if I were the Seahawks probably draft another quarterback cornerback just as cover at least yeah, we talked about like what situation you would try to draft a corner. Like, there's been some mock drafts where like not the very first pick, but but our second first round pick might go to a corner. Which it's fifth it's round, run possible. it back. <laughs> fifth round, let's do it again. But even though I'm I'm just so like it's it's hard finding the fifth round gems. Like we did it before with yeah. Russell Wilson and now Tariq Woolen. But I don't know if we can go like back to back. But I, I hope so. You, you never know. Like I know we're gonna yeah. at least pick up uh, at least one or two people. Uh, I don't know how high Seahawks are going to do that, but we got a lot of we got a lot of picks high in the draft, and it's going to be it's just going to be exciting to see what happens because there's so many. <laughs> when usually you know, a lot of teams don't have this, they are in this situation where you know you 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 have like an embarrassment of riches where you can take a lot of things. You know you're you're not forced to pick one or the other. You can have both because with that much capital early in the draft, you you can you can really do some some fun things. Mm-hmm. And I think another name I'm seeing is Nick Belor. If for those of you that don't know who Nick Ballore is, he is a linebacker, but he's like the special teams captain and also kind of like the heart 
aspects uh, of the Seahawks, especially if you follow their socials. He definitely has like his own little show and stuff like that. <laughs> but he is 34 years old, though, so that's something to really do uh, to really consider. And we were paying him a little bit of money compared to some other people. So yeah, he was our special teams captain for the most part, and he kind of filled in as a fullback every now and then. But you know, it, it might be one of those things that he might just stick around because he's comfortable and you know he has he has a good thing going for him here. But we'll see. Ooh, hold up a second. I see Marquise Goodwin and Laquan Treadwell, which, like, you know how Goodwin was with, with uh, Gino, Gino during yeah. this, scene, this season. Then Laquan Treadwell, the last, like, what, couple games, especially the playoffs, he actually had a little bit more of a role as well. So mm-hmm. two uh, two vets. Uh, Goodwin is actually 33 years old, and uh, Treadwell is a, is 28. So I don't know. Do you think we're going to keep that, any one of them, or we're we just going to try to get younger at receiver? I would say probably younger. We got guys like Derek Young as well, and you know he he got some touches, and uh, they might just keep keep filling in with like like filler talent in terms of like or I should say depth, because you know obviously DK and Tyler uh, and Tyler Lockett are our primary targets, but you do need to have that cover. If those guys stay on like a friendlyish deal, I can see it happening. Laquan Treadwell, I I don't see we us keeping him because. He did come in midway through the season as sort of like a uh, off the waivers type of thing, mm-hmm, and so. Mm-hmm. But Marquise Goodwin did have a really good relationship with the Geno in terms of like, you know, uh, in terms of how well they played it with each other, and so if the if they can make something work for him, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, and I think we're also gonna and going back to Ryan Neal real quick. I think we're also gonna let him go because we also picked up Jonathan Abrams on waivers from the Raiders too. That's a so. tough one, right? Because yeah, we were talking about this before the before the podcast, and it it sucks because I've been a Ryan Neal stand ever since he started. Because I remember when he played against Dallas, Dallas, I think uh, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. last season, and you know he came in off the practice squad, and he was just he he reminds you of a, like the Legion of Boom type of player, which is. You know, unheralded, just comes in, works hard, and lays down the hammer whenever he gets the opportunity. And, you know, he had, like, a game-winning interception in that game. And it was funny because there was, like, a play where I think uh, Dak was doing, like, a screen pass or, like, an outlet pass to, mm-hmm. uh, I think, Zeke in the flats or, you know, one of their receivers. And Ryan Neal had the opportunity to pick it off and take it home. But he he let the receiver catch the ball and then just completely annihilated him. <laughs> you yeah, know, having I, having those kind of guys on your team are is important. But you know, he's he's like in terms of PFF like score and stuff like that. I think he's like in the nineties, low nineties, which is like borderline superstar level quality player. And having having that, you know, having that is great. But you you're eventually gonna have to pay him and. He's, he deserves all the money that comes to him because I think he's only on like a million dollars right now. So Yeah, and he's he is 28, so he's definitely looking for that big contract just like, you know, someone that we definitely signed a year before in Jamal Adams, right? So yeah. he's like the he's uh what, the third yeah, the uh, he's on he's number 3 in terms of like uh highest paid safeties, strong safeties in this case. Um that's kind of like the elephant in the room, especially after that injury and stuff like that. There has been talks, not with Seahawks mind you, but like you know, a lot of the Seahawk fandom asking, like, you know, is it possible to get out of that, you know, contract and stuff like that? But yeah, it's just one of those things it's that because we yeah, just he got an injury, in yeah. <laughs> just got an injury of literally the first, like, what first quarter in the first drive. <laughs> we we knew immediately when he pulled up, and I think he knew immediately when he pulled up. He was just like, "Fuck." Yeah, <laughs> like, it was we just, all it's one of those things. Yeah, man. I mean, because like, I mean, we're hardly we're hardly alone in this situation. A lot of teams have signed players to big contracts only for them to get injured like you know jc jackson for the chargers for example that very true oh i also see tanner muse is also up for a con- that's most of our linebackers right there yeah. <laughs> yeah we're definitely gonna be looking for a linebacker i'm not too sure on like what they're gonna do and then i also see like we have an edge daryl johnson jr 
that mm. I think we picked up during the season who was also up for a contract. I so thought we drafted him. Did we draft Daryl Johnson? Oh, you, no, you might be right. I think I think we picked him up in the middle because we were uh, we were starting to run low on depth there. Yeah, he's uh, looking at this. No, I, I, I got him and Darrell Taylor mixed up. I bet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's yeah. yeah. So um, so Johnson was he was drafted. Uh, well, let me see his contract. He was with the Panthers first, and I think it was actually no Bills first. He was drafted by the Bills. Then he went to the Panther uh, Bills for two years, and he went to the Panthers. Then he came to the Seahawks. I think we either got him off of waivers or just I think it was waivers, if not free agency. So yeah. regardless. I'm not sure of, if he showed much, you know, to stay on the team or not. But yeah, yeah. You, you can break down the quality. You can break down the, the players that are free agents into two groups, which are, you know, or maybe three groups, you know, your must haves, your get to haves, and then your your replaceables. Right. Ooh. And, Bruce you know, there's, he, we have to replace him. I, I, I love Bruce Irvin, but like I think he served. He's 36. I think he did what he had to do this season unless we're going to keep him around for the locker room kind of thing, which I can see that happening on a cheaper like, deal. Like like a lot of our players like are invited back to the, the, the team. Like, you know, you, you talk about it every week where how we're very much an in-house team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of these guys come back and have good relationships with the coaching staff and, you know, earn their earn their, you know, earn their badges here, you know, doing their doing their due diligence to get to the, you know, the, the, be, the, the, the higher coaching jobs, you know, they gotta be, yeah. they gotta start off as like positional or, you know, assistance and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then finally we just have like offensive line that are leaving. So we got people like Kyle Fuller. We got Phil Haynes, who, if you don't remember us talking about Phil Haynes was like rotating with Jackson at right guard. Kyle don't, Fuller actually came. Don't understand later. still why. Yeah. We don't understand that. We're just always going to be looking at that. And then of course, Austin Blythe is up as well, but I think we need to go and just get another center, but do we draft? If we do draft a center, that's going to be a rookie at the center position, which uh, isn't if he starts, isn't if he is starts, that, you like know. you know, like uh, there's like what's his name, Linderbaum or something like that, that from Ravens. They drafted him in the first round, started every game. I think he's highly touted in terms of like you know, I think he's like all NFL, you know, something. So you know, it, it's there, but you you have that opportunity, but it's not something you want to put a rookie into because. There's some mean people that line up on the other side of the ball. You better get whoever you can get because you got to face the 49ers twice in a season. That's all I got to yeah. say. Yeah, and depending on who's who ends up coaching over at uh, – oh, I know Sean McVay said he was going to still coach at Rams. And depending on if Aaron Donald ends up staying at, <laughs> at the uh, It's at either the retiring. Or, I don't think he's going to leave for another team, but it's either he retires or he just yeah. comes back again, right? So you, you, for four out, of the, four out of the 17 games, you're lining up against mean people at least <laughs> – Oh, mean, very mean people. Because I know they're gonna like people. Every team is gonna try to take advantage of that. That's the yeah. But we we we've always had like the Unger curse at the center position. So at this stage, we need to draft like high at center. I don't know what the value of uh, the centers are in this upcoming draft. I know it's not as high as like the guards and the tackles. Obviously, tackles are higher. So I think it's either like a very low first round pick or like a high second. But we'll see what happens when the draft season comes up. But that's all I had. On the yeah, that's agents. all from. That's all I had for free agents as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's it for Seahawks. So I think we can <laughs> we call it an episode and not kidding. But let's go around the league, man. All right. What you Start, got for me? Starting off, one of the one of the big uh, coaching vacancies is looks like it's going to be filled. Bill O'Brien back as Patriots offensive coordinator. What are your thoughts? Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I so for he, me, the, I'm the, just the, like, the comeback. <laughs> he's making a comeback, right? So he's right, he's right back into Bill Belichick's graces and – which I mean, he did work it out with Bill Belichick, so I think at this stage it's him just, I guess, kind of starting over again. But it, 
if anything, he had like an in with the Patriots somewhat. But maybe he wants that head coaching job when Bill when Bill Belichick is gone. <laughs> Bill Belichick is also a vampire. Right. <laughs> he's like the he's like the Darth Vader in the league and stuff like that. I still remember those uh, all the memes and stuff around him for that. Yeah, but, I didn't uh, realize it's been so long since Bill O'Brien has been part of the staff, but that, I forgot about his Penn State stint when he was head coach because was it was the uh, was it during his stint that the whole Joe Paterno stuff came out of light or it, he was on the uh the the um he was the bounce back after the whole Jerry Sandusky Joe Paterno like fallout yeah. and so yeah. he he last coached on the Patriots in 2011 which is 12 years ago but you know it's uh well he was with he, the Houston Texans since right and that you yeah. all know how that went <laughs> yeah i thought it went pretty well <laughs> yeah he gutted the Houston Texans prematurely and you know set other teams up basically so that's that, that's like the funniest part of it all I think part of the reason why he got hired back too is because I think there was a tiny overlap from when he started as coach at Alabama to, and when Mac Jones was there that oh, he, yeah, uh, he, he has some familiarity with him. But I think every Patriots fan is happy because he replaces Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, who are notable non-offensive coordinators who are offensive coordinators. Facts. And I think I think Bill O'Brien is better as a coordinator than he is as a head coach, which he proved that to be true with at least the not being a head coach part. At Houston, uh, in the Houston Texans, great GM though. No, he was just terrible. The up and worst down. <laughs> like GM head coach like hybrid ever. Like he could, he basically tried to do a Bill Belichick. Um, yeah, one baby last Bill. Thing, and then one last thing, like with Alabama, they they will be on their sixth offensive coordinator in the past eight years. Then, which is like wild, but like you got to see you it's kinda, Alabama. It's Alabama because they there's so many NFL like coordinators. Like I think Steve Sarkeesian kind of funneled in before he became head coach at Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, he was there. Um, I think, uh, was it, no, there was one other guy. It wasn't Doug Peterson or Dan Quinn, but there was someone that was sitting in the analyst booth after they got fired, um, from Not their NFL right. job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, everybody just seems to funnel it. Alabama, <laughs> Alabama is now the halfway house for fired NFL coaches, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's very true. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. If uh, at the very least, I feel like the Patriots should at least get back to like their decent offensive ways, if not good, because I mean, he was there when Tom Brady was there. So yeah, hopefully Bob will do okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. Um, Next up we have the, um, this is kind of, I would say like the, a big player watch in the, in the case of Aaron Rodgers. He was recently on the, the Pat McAfee show and, Pat just asked him like how much of that sixty million dollars owed to him in twenty twenty three will factor into him staying at Green Bay, and he his only answer was pretty much just that. In the short of it, like he'll, the contract will just have to be tweaked for things to work out. And yeah. I don't know what you want to very take what you will. A it's very a very non answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I th- I think the funny thing was I, I think Rob Gronkowski had something to say about it too, where he was like, "Who cares about the MVPs? Who- oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me. So. Aaron Rodgers, like you said, so like context for that, Aaron Rodgers was saying to Pat, I think not this week, but last week, he said that, you know, trying to win another MVP. He didn't really say, I want to win another Super Bowl, just yeah, I want to win another MVP. And then, you know, Rob, the like the Gronk, right? The man <laughs> himself said, why do you want to win more MVPs? Don't you want to win Super Bowls? And at that point, 
and he i think he replied he responded to it on another podcast so it was really funny when that happened i was just like it was like ooh, burn when you, when you say that you out yourself you know what, what do you what do you value more <laughs> yeah he valued those mvp roles i guess to just feel just to stay with green bay for the money i guess but like it's just not it's not being put together when it comes to like the playoffs every single time he goes yeah, I don't. I try not to follow the Aaron Rodgers saga so much because I just feel like it's just media fodder. That's just you know clickbait oh, at this point. I mean, so the yeah. situation is kind of just bleh for me. But I think the I saw someone. I I, I saw a tweet. And I wanted to say it's serious, but it's very It could very well be sarcastic. Someone was like suggesting a trade, like multiple first round picks plus DK for Aaron Rodgers. And every the funniest thing was that everybody was quote tweeting it basically saying lol no. <laughs> oh my god! Like yeah, yeah, just yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know who would. I mean, there's a lot of teams that would like Aaron Rodgers. I just don't know if Aaron Rodgers, for how much he's, you know, for how much you're gonna have to pay him to be at your team, I don't know if is he gonna get you to the playoffs. We I mean, there's certain a season teams. we can see like you can have a very down season and then come back and have you know and get have a chance to get in the playoffs or just like you know he can it's Aaron Rodgers he's still good it's just playoffs yeah and so like you know a team that I could see like making a play for him is maybe Bucks if they can afford it because you know Tom Brady is likely to move on and so maybe they're just gonna try they have uh they I I say I doubt it only because they're paying um their each of their three wide receivers big money right now yeah but what I mean is that you know they're trying to squeeze the last bit of this roster out before they have to go into a full rebuild. So I can see it happening, but yeah, like you said, they, there is, they'll, they'll have to make the money work somehow. I'll be weird. Aaron Rodgers in the South, like in, in, in the sun, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's it's, he's really actually been really good when playing in the cold and stuff like that. It's just, I mean, it just didn't work. You have to be, if you play in green Bay. True. True. But I mean, Hey, I don't know what else is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. It's just a matter of if he's going to come back to green Bay or is he just going to just retire? That's what, that's like the two options I'm seeing. I haven't really seen trades because I don't know if anyone wants to trade for a very, like an older quarterback, like at least Tom Brady at uh, people at least see value in him over Aaron Rodgers. but Hey. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the, the resume starts speaking for itself when you start going there. Yeah, one Tom Brady has multiple Super Bowl rings. The other guy has multiple MVP. Who cares awards. about those? <laughs> we need MVP awards, man. One MVP is worth like five Super Bowls, bud. Right, that he doesn't have. But you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than that, that's pretty much it. And like any other big player watch right now. But um, we do have some like coach, like some coaching updates. Um, Dan Quinn, he is the top candidate for the Broncos, Colts, and the Cardinals. Uh, and with the Cardinals, he has an interview this Thursday. So, you know, I can dang. see, you know, that <clears throat> I can see the, he, I mean, Micah Parsons, obviously, you know, fantastic player, but I, I see a lot of the, the uh, Cowboys' success as, you know, a result of Dan Quinn's, you know, defensive philosophy. Cause we've seen it multiple places, you know, across the league. Like when he, when he gets into an organization like the Falcons' defense, when, when he first got there, he got them, you know, wrapped up and really, really rolling. And like Seahawks, he did that with us too. And, you know, now he's just doing it with Cowboys. So he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere. He's already been a head coach and, you know, he's been to a Super Bowl. I see the Cowboys lost defense. Super Bowl. Lost not, Super- no, you, he choked. We, it was one of the biggest chokes in Super Bowl history. We blame that on Kyle Shanahan, though. Right. Kyle Shanahan, not Dan Quinn. But even though Dan Quinn got the boot, I think, after that season, I think he I think it was. Yeah. I mean, it's hard coming back from that. That's like a, that's a soul crusher. 
But yeah, yeah I mean, the the Cowboys defense is going to fall off a cliff, and I'm all here for it. Oh, me, facts. Me too. Um, I think the only thing else I have on my end for some coaching hunts, uh, coaching updates is just Sean Payton is uh, Dan Quinn is going to interview with the Cardinals at some point. Sean Payton's actually meeting with the Cardinals on Thursday. I mixed those up. Um, so I don't like Sean Payton going to the Cardinals. Like I'm, I'm hating. I don't know why people are still trying to come to NFC West. I don't know what the allure is now that you need to go to the AFC West or something like that. But um, that's a thing. And also Brian Flores had an interview already with the Cardinals. So, I mean, hey. So Cardinals are in full swing. They look like they're ready. They're trying to get this, you know, settled well before the draft just so that they can have some sort of like stability and, you know, get the entire scouting room like probably facts, in shape, which is facts. good for the organization. They the only- have a quarterback already, and I don't know how Sean Payton or others feel about Kyle Murray as their quarterback, but um, at the very least, you actually have like somewhat of a, a squad to inherit, and then you can just add on to it, so... If anybody can make a short quarterback work, it's Sean Payton. So we'll see. Facts. That's facts right there. Other, that's all I have. The other ones I've seen are, you know, um, Greg Roman for the Ravens. He's he's resigning, let go, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to stamp it as. But he's no longer part of the Ravens, which is big news because they're also in a situation where they're trying to retain Lamar Jackson or, you know, sign Lamar Jackson to a long term contract. They have no choice but to sign that man. Yeah. <laughs> and so what they th- this might be a, a bargaining chip for the Ravens organization to uh keep Lamar in the sense that, you know, here's the contract and you'll get a say in who your offensive coordinator is so that you can run the style of offense you want to run, mm-hmm. which, you know, could be a, it, it, it'd be pretty, pretty cool to see if, uh, you know, um, Lamar Jackson bring in a guy that works with him really well. I mean, yeah. The only thing is just, they just need to pay Lamar Jackson already. And I know a lot get of the, people they need to get, they need to get that out of the, the way, man. Right. Yeah, but of course that recent injury of his knee that's been still inflamed even into like the playoffs and he couldn't play any of he didn't play the what the last five or six games of the season including the playoffs. So yeah. I know a lot of people were pissed about that. You know how NFL fandom is in terms like, of like fantasy they don't owners. get their way. Yeah, fantasy owners and people that don't get their way with their team. So they're gonna pay Lamar Jackson because of what he's done for that team already. He was already MVP and stuff like that. Um they just need to pay this man. They're just not used to paying big quarterback money because the last time they even had that was Joe Flacco, and that was years that, ago. That did not end well for them. And that did, yeah, right. And I know why they're very hesitant on that too. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that going forward. And I just hope he gets. I hope he gets paid because if you're really going to let Lamar Jackson go, that's very stupid, and you're going to just basically be in a rebuild. Yeah, I mean, you're that's one very quick way into uh, triggering a rebuild because I know a lot of teams are would be very interested in procuring his talents. X. Other else? other other names I had, you know, one thing to keep in mind is D'Amico Ryan's is getting a lot of love around the league right now, and you know he should be because the 49ers defense is probably the best defense still left in the playoffs, My and so arms. <laughs> yeah, and so he uh, he's probably going to be, uh, you know, he's going to get a lot of calls come the off season. You know, obviously the 49ers are staying focused on their postseason run right now. Uh, other names from Seahawks, Sean Desai is getting a lot of calls too. You know, mm-hmm. he was turned down for Browns, but Vikings and Dolphins have called for their vacancy. So that's a name to keep an eye on. You know, he's been he's a popular guy around the Seahawks organization, gets attributed with a lot of or gets credited with the uh, turnaround of our secondary. That was pretty damn awful last year. Mm. And so he uh, he's on the short list for a lot of teams. So that's one to keep an eye on as well. But that's all I had. All righty. Um, another uh, something else that so this is like the last one I got for you. So this is what this is like an update on the Ed Reed situation, right? So for those that don't know, 
um, again, Bethune Cookman, uh, Ed Reed, Hoffer, you know, played for Ravens among other teams out there. He was up to be the head coach of uh, for the for Bethune Cookman HBCU in Florida, and some things happened. Like allegedly, was told that like the university made the the football team pick up the trash across the campus. That was one issue that popped up. It wasn't just, so again, like for context, it wasn't him complaining about, oh, I have to clean up trash on campus. He don't care about that. He cares about those kids and actually like, and all those young men and the people on that team. Because if you've actually seen like some recent videos out there, that man was brought to tears, even like, uh, even on some interviews on TV and stuff. And uh, Deion Sanders himself even came in and was just like, hey man, God got a plan, you know, everything happens for a reason but like we know and we know you love those kids and i know you love those kids <laughs> he said it himself like he has Deion sanders back but what really came about after that so after the ed reed uh was fired or really the 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 university basically just said yeah we're not going to give you that contract i know you've been here for like the past few weeks or so and done stuff with the team but we're after the, all of that you know you were cussing at us and all that stuff. So we're just going to take that back you know we're not going to let you be the head coach a lot of students actually came out and started protesting. It wasn't just the Ed Reed situation, though. That was a part of it. There was other stuff. It's a lot of campus conditions and things of that nature, which Ed Reed opened. Like He basically just opened the lid on, essentially. So some of the stuff they're dealing with is like is mold and mildew. And you can actually see a lot of pictures of like people's um, their rooms and dorms filled with mold all over their stuff, their equipment. Not even just the football players, but the like actual students, too. So you can actually see all of this um, online. It's out there for you. And uh, even the football players were on, I, I think, a local news channel or something like that, saying that Ed Reed has done a lot for us in the past, like, three weeks, and the university has done for us in years. Yeah. So that that shows you a lot that what Ed Reed was about to do and bring that change. And if anything, he at least opened the lid. Like he said, like, like Dion said, everything happens for a reason, and he opened the lid on Bethune-Cookman. So we may not hear the last of this Ed Reed situation with the uh, with Bethune cooking, but I think it's just a screwed up situation all around, but issues were brought to light. I think, yeah, it, you look at the conditions that people are posting about and you just kind of feel alarmed. Like how is this actually even an institution? <laughs> because it looks like it should fail every sort of health inspection whatsoever. But, but yeah, I think man. the most alarming thing for me was like how quick everyone was to turn on Ed Reed for um, when all this stuff came out. And I think the, uh, the media engine was really fast to turn on him and that, probably yeah that's probably the most alarming thing for me you know without any given facts it just we're it seemed like everybody was really quick to paint the ed reed is crazy or high maintenance or blah 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 kind of thing without actually it's really just because he's black if it was a white coach doing this at some university this wouldn't even have made news like that let's be let's be honest here yeah (laughs) and you know it's 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 part of like the uh it's part of the narrative that just it's just it's part of the narrative that sells clicks you know you know big name big name player becomes coach and then storms off kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it's all it, him, right? It's all him complaining yeah. and he, he didn't get what he want. Cause if anything, how, how are you gonna, even if Dude, you some of those job, pictures were disgusting. Oh, you saw the, you saw the pictures, right? Yes. They're <laughs> yeah. like, they're like, it looked like borderline mushrooms growing on these walls. Like yeah. I could just imagine Gordon Ramsay walking in there just saying, throw it all out. It's all rotten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, HBCUs don't get a lot of rep in general for like what they can do. And this is just something that like needs to be improved and fixed upon. There has been stuff, um, not just with Bethune-Cookman, but like with some other 
um, HBCUs out there and I really love my HBCUs. Just got to get it together because like stuff like this, this is messy. Um, this didn't even have to go about this way. This could have been all done behind the scenes, especially if Ed Reed had any complaints about the campus itself. Talk with the AD and stuff. But um, that's just a bad look on Bethune-Cookman in this one, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So anywho, um, let's get like let's get into like the good stuff that happened over the weekend. Let's get into those wild card round games, shall we? Right. <clears throat> yeah. So, let's give them, let's give them a little love because we ain't got that that many uh, games to talk about this week. Right. Um, I'm gonna kind of let you lead, like, cause I you know I know you have like a lot of stuff on this one, but uh, I'm I'm just gonna help you know just bounce off of this because I didn't get to see most of these games. I had some family over the weekend, but hey, hey, I got family to see, first. I, yeah, family first, but I actually did see part of this first game, which is Jaguars at Chiefs, and the Chiefs won it 27-20. Um, I guess for me, real quick, was I just saw it was a very tight game. I know the Chiefs kind of broke ahead a little bit, but um, nothing extraordinary happened here for me, except for like the injury to Mahomes on his ankle. That was wild, as well as like the sportscasters' love for Mahomes compared to like Trevor Lawrence or any other quarterback out there. Um, and then it's just finally, I mean, hey, future is just bright for the Jags going forward. Uh, Duvall, I mean, hey, Duvall. <laughs> hey, look, you had Doug Peterson out there. Um, that was like an exciting first year, especially what you all you all went through last year. So let's just say that your future is bright. That's all I have to say. Just like the Lions and us. Yeah, I mean, you got nothing but you, you got nothing but hope to look forward to. Yeah. But for me, I mean, I think the start things off with this game, I think the big thing that everybody kind of took away from uh, from it was, you know, Patrick Mahomes gotten that pretty, pretty bad ankle injury or looked pretty bad. You have a very large human roll up on roll up on you like that. And he left late in the first quarter, I believe, or maybe early second and mm-hmm. Saturday in, in, in the game and had to be replaced by uh, Chad Henney. You know, he finished out his drive and then Chad Henney came in for him which was, you know, great because <laughs> Chad Henney came in and led a 98-yard touchdown drive and to the point where like fans are even chanting his name which is which is always good to see. You love wholesome fan really, I saw this and I was just like, "Oh, come on, Jags D, like you're better than this, man." Like I, when yeah. I saw that drive too and I was just like, "Oh, come on." Like it's like cuz they they were like Jags were like I get, like I said it was a tight game for a, a good second. Um, though of course the Jags kind of came up and made the score look like it is right now, but man, the like the defense, if they can just get like maybe a couple more pieces on that defense, man, I think they have it. Yeah. Personally. I mean, if it, if it's any indication, like going to play in Kansas city is really hard, but overall this game was fairly balanced as like the score indicates. I mean, they're almost identical in terms of passing and rushing yards. I think what it came down to was, you know, Jacksonville had some, some critical, fourth quarter uh turnovers you mm-hmm. know i think they ended up fumbling it and then throwing a late game pick just to, to just to seal it and that's what that that's that's what you know defined the score line that it was today it just came down to basically that jacksonville i mean you have every right to be happy with like this season some were saying that doug peterson's job i think it was i would say nate burleson or some someone mm-hmm. someone in the nfl media former player you know, he basically said that his his interpretation of Doug Peterson coming in, you know, his first year was basically to heal after the, all the turmoil that they went through last season because yeah. it left a pretty bad mark on the on the organization. And, you know, young young people are impressionable. And, you know, it, it was a pretty bad situation for them. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that Doug Peterson came in, this team kind of rallied, formed that identity, and, you know, not only go back to the playoffs, but to actually win a playoff game, that's incredible. 
That's true. Very true. And especially, man, that Chargers game was still amazing, by the way. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm with you on the Chiefs needing to be nervous because, or, you know, like the Chiefs should be nervous anyway because, like, you, you've been saying this all year, like, with the Chiefs, like, they have holes in their, in, in parts of their offense, if not their, if not their defense and stuff. Like, the Jags were running the ball on them. Like, I was really just like, yo, Travis. ETN, like that man was running that ball. And I was like, I hope they stay with like the run game and, you know, don't like turn the ball over because if you put the ball in Mahomes' hands, that's like kind of where like things will, you don't want things to get that way. But again, Jag, like Jags, they just, I think like, you know, get it like, I think they have some like receivers that are going to go like Marvin Jones among others. But like, if I they think Evan just Ingram select, as well. Oh, Evan Ingram. And I think if they can at least keep that core that they can be like, Evan Ingram is good for them. I say keep Evan Ingram. Um, among some others, but um, if you can just like keep that offense and keep uh, and tre- and Trevor Lawrence evolves even more, I think they're gonna they're gonna be like that. They're gonna be that playoff contender next year, like they were, you know, this year. That yeah. some people didn't think they they, were, er- they earned their spot. I mean, like we talked about teams that kind of started off rough um, and then turn it around, like Lions and um, Steelers. At, but mm-hmm. you know, like uh jaguars they kind of started off a little hot and then they cooled off significantly and then they kind of rallied and made a push late in the season and so they 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 had to earn their spot you know they have every right to be happy um it's as long as you i mean doug peterson did a lot for the fans fandom itself in terms of sentiment you know everybody i think is in a good place right now moving forward yeah we just gotta see what they do in the off season so yeah and if like like you were saying like if if i were a chiefs fan you know chiefs are gonna play the um Bengals next week a lot of reason to be nervous i would say i mean i sent you that meme too where um it was the um puss in boots meme like with oh, the whistle, yeah. and then it was just like wait who's that it's the Bengals, and then like, yeah. <laughs> oh, like every time the chiefs have, uh, the chiefs have faced the Bengals, they've lost the last three times including the playoffs yeah and yeah i think this would this would be the fourth yeah three and oh against the the chiefs right but i mean a lot of I think I've been I've been harping on this a lot this season is that like a lot of the gaps that are in that Chiefs organization are covered up by the the, the sheer brilliance of the Mahomes to Kelsey connection. Like it's you know one of it's gonna if you can make a connection it's, if you could throw a quarterback and receiver relationship into the, the Hall of Fame be right up there with like Peyton and Marvin Harrison right. Oh yeah. And and so you know the fact that that connection was on that team covered up a lot of cracks. The fact that they didn't really have any stable receivers throughout the season, you know, they went out and they got a lot of people to come in and try to replace Tyree Kill. You know, they brought in Juju, they brought in Marquez Valdez Scantling, and you know, they traded for Kadarius Tony, and didn't seem like anybody was able to fill those shoes at all. And on defense, it's just they just have they never been a defensively like elite unit. I would say they've been mm-hmm. very good at best in the but middle. This I year, would say. Yeah, especially this year, they've been very middle of the pack. So, you know, come next week when they play the Bengals, you know, if, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's going to play next week. Obviously, he's going to play next week. You know, he played through worse when he was in the Super Bowl against the Bucks. But, um, you know, if if he's hobbled and the Bengals defense can give him a hard time, then I think, you know, the, the cards are stacked against them on this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And at the end of the day, um, I even seen like an update from Andy Reid saying like he's been doing good on, you know, Mahomes has been doing good on his like rehab and stuff like that. So it's really just a big roll of an ankle. I don't know if it was like an actual like high ankle sprain. Because those are well, those are bad. 
Yeah, like, high ankle sprain. That's like you're limited. Like we've we've seen it with Garoppolo. What happened? Like when you have a high ankle sprain as a QB, you're Mac not going to be running that much. Yeah, Mac Jones too this season. Oof. So yeah, yeah we'll see. I can't wait for that one. I'm definitely going to watch that game from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, the next one was kind of a bit of like a snooze button, especially if you were watching this. But um, hey, Giants at Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> NFC East stand up because you had you had three of your you know you had at least three of your teams in the playoffs at the very least you got to respect that because like we everyone was saying NFC least you know the like the worst and all that stuff but here comes the Eagles and it was thirty eight to seven and we were both right on that one and uh, I mean oh man I, it, it wasn't much of a game to watch I think I was actually keeping up with the score rather than watching it and I was just like oof. I would just I mean, turn it off right now. <laughs> I, I mean, I was I was watching it with my cousin. My cousin's an Eagles fan, and so we were watching it. And the game was basically over after the first quarter. And you know, you can't say that. I mean, they were up fourteen zero at the at the end of the first quarter, twenty eight zero at the half. So you know, obviously, it's going to be a hard thing to come back from, but not impossible as a Jags showed. But right. you know, very difficult. But it was you could tell from like the quality of possessions from each team. Like Giants look frazzled from the get go. It looked like they were they were struggling to get anything together. Eagles didn't have to do anything super flashy. Like Jalen Hurts only had about 150 yards and two touchdowns while running for 34 and another touchdown. A very a kind of a tame day for him. Mm-hmm. AJ Brown, you know, only had 22 yards receiving. Devontae Smith, 61 with a tud. All Phillies' normal weapons. They really didn't blow up the stat sheet. And you're telling me that they won 38 to seven. If you're right. playing them, that's something to be scared scared of. Right, and we know that AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are both like that dynamic Elite. duo. Yeah, and then of course you have to you have to look at Hurt. What's Hurt's doing? You know, is he going to run the ball? Is he going to throw the ball? Because he can throw. You know, a lot of people uh, this season wasn't looking at like they were just basically saying, "Hey, Jalen, this is you. This is your season. This is your prove it season." He's he's going there, is he not? So um, I think that I want to I want to know what his contract will look like with the Eagles going forward. But yeah, he still got the season in front of him um, for the Giants. I again, this is kind of like with the Jags. You are on the right path because the last time you were in the playoffs, I believe, was 2016 when they were facing the Packers. I believe, uh, I think it was either the NFC, not the NFC Championship. I think it was maybe, but regardless, um, it's been 2016, and your quarterback, <laughs> uh, Danny Dimes himself, you know, his past three seasons with the team has been, oh my gosh, just terrible. Like. I, I think like their total win count for the past three seasons before this season was like what 14 or 15 games total. So, you know, uh, Ryan Dabble, that's like, look, like you, you got the most of your team. You, you actually can get the most out of your team, whoever it is, whoever you're given. But I think this is that good reload for sure. Reload season. Um, some key free agencies for giants is, you know, is Saquon Barkley and and Daniel Jones himself. So, like, who are you keeping? Are you keeping both? You pay them both because I don't. Daniel Jones is not going to get that much money as a quarterback. It's going to be high, you know, because quarterback money is high in general. But maybe top fifteen, kind of like similar to what like we were talking about the Geno, uh, the Geno contract. Did I share? You, did I share with you the real about, or maybe you shared it with me about how like. NFL quarterbacks that are out of the playoffs and how I think Kirk Cousins was one of them. And he's like, and some guy was uh, impersonating him and he was like, I hate how everybody, how every other quarterback is related to me or uh, described relative to me. And like, I think they were like saying like, 
fast Kirk, fast Kirk Cousins, young Kirk Cousins, like, old, you know, that kind of <laughs> I thing. Did not, I think you uh, you need to send me that one because I, I did not send that because that yeah, would be a good one. I think, the, I think the one that gave Daniel Jones was uh, fast Kirk Cousins because I think that's what he, him and he, he's got some legs on him, but in terms of his passing ability and stuff like that, he's very reminiscent of Kirk Cousins. Or like mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo, they called him handsome Kirk Cousins and that kind of thing. Oh, they just, like Kirk Cousins just can't get a break, even though he, he, had a break. Se- he had a season himself, right? But that's why the question for the Giants is, is like, you know, is is Daniel Jones your QB? Because that's that's the question that they all have to come down to, right? Because I think the only thing that you can only get you can only franchise tag one player. And, you know, you have two franchise players in on your offense in terms of uh, Saquon and your quarterback, who Daniel Jones. And so how do you structure that? You know, if you have to let one go, who do you let go? I must, if my guess is that, you know, if they had to franchise tag someone, they would franchise tag Saquon just for the mm-hmm. sole purpose of running backs. Franchise franchise tags are significantly less than quarterbacks. Right. And then they, and then they'll do his deal again the next year. If yeah. that, right. Because Saquon had a lot of injuries, a lot of missed games over his past, what, four or five years with the team. So mm-hmm. I can see why you're just, and then the running back position is not valued as high as the, as the quarterback position, right? So they're definitely going to probably just get some type of good deal for Daniel Jones in, in New York. Because if you let Daniel Jones go, I'm not saying he, he can't find another team to go to. It's just that you're kind of in a little bit of a rebuild because you got to go find a quarterback and they're not that high up in the draft for one anyway, unless they're going to go get like Derek Carr or something. Yeah. So. And yeah, I don't think, I don't see them making that sort of flashy move, especially with like Brian Dabble running things. But in terms of Giants as an organization, like you said, you know, great, great work. You know, it's a good first step. You know, you got some decisions to make. Brian Dabble, you establish yourself like uh, I can't remember who said it as the coolest fat dude in New York since Biggie. But, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, it's, it'll be a it's you can tell that the atmosphere in the in the Giants in the Giants fandom is a lot different than it was, you know, in the previous years when Daniel Jones was struggling because it was very much nihilistic. Everything sucks. No, we're never going to be good again. Brian Dabble's got you guys on the right track, at least. So next season, you know, hopefully you figure out your running back quarterback situation and just continue to build because it was it was fun to see, you know, that that kind of camaraderie on that side. They need wide receiver talent because they don't have as much. They don't really have that many, that much uh, wide receiver talent. I don't think there. they have. They don't have any wide receiver talent, do they? Who's their, who's their primary wide receiver? Oh my gosh, man! Like I, I'll, I think I even have that over here too. So. Sterling Shepard is, is up there. He has a void contract. Richie James is the one that I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah it looks like he was not, the... No one screams wide receiver one for like the Giants right now, right? Darius, Darius Slayton's on that team, but you know that's that was the other thing is that you know he doesn't really get featured that much. Yeah, and then Sterling Shepard is kind of like your slot specialist, I would say, compared yeah. to the other ones. Of course, they have Matt Breida running back over there as well. I don't, I don't know. Landon Collins is up. He's 29 years old. Is he going to get a contract or not? Don't know. That's a big uh, one. Landon Collins is your leader on your defense. Right. Then 29 years old, though. So, I mean, if age is a factor for anyone, you know, that's just what you have to keep in mind. So, yeah, even Darius Slayton is up for a contract, too. So, it's really like, you. oh, my gosh, you have most of your receiving core and your quarterback and your running back up for contract. So, some people are going to leave. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll it's just happens. a fact of life. It's just how do you how do you get keep the guys that you want, you need to keep? Yeah, um, Jalen Smith, you know, from the, I believe from the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, he's up for a contract too. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they handle their offseason, who they retain and who they let go for, I guess, extra money for free agency. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, I got one fun fact um, for you. You know, you <laughs> It wouldn't be an episode facts. of the Misreps podcast if it didn't have an Adam fun fact. Um, 
So the backup uh, quarterback for the Giants, Davis Webb, um, uh, he's actually interested into transitioning into a coach um, this upcoming season now, or this upcoming offseason now, because last year he was actually offered the quarterback coach job at the Bills, but he turned it down to just, I guess, just either. You see that a lot. Yeah, Uh, yeah. A lot of the time you'll see like these backup, the backup quarterback in a lot of these leagues, or in a lot of these teams, I should say, it usually has like that hybrid player coach t- type of role when it comes to it. Cause you know, you're, you're the hope is that you never have to play your backup quarterback. Like, you know, you have Chad Henney, like for mm-hmm. the, for, for the, uh, for the chiefs, but you know, that, that person is also, he's like having a second pair of eyes as well as out the uh, yeah. thing in his ear and everything. They, it just looks like a coach know. in pads basically. Yeah. It's, it, it is a good hybrid role. Like some people think like as a backup quarterback, some people don't do anything, but no, you're kind of taking like a, Oh, how do you like? How can you, the backup quarterback, help the starting quarterback out there too? What What are you seeing that maybe he can't see? It's a lot of mental stuff, and you know how they say like, well, I remember when I was playing football, a lot of the stuff was if you can't get out there due to injury or whatever, have you, you needed to get your mental reps? You see what the formation is. What are you doing like right before that play happens when you're watching the offense and the defense? So it's a yeah. lot of mental work over there. And when you're on the line of scrimmage, it's hard to see like coverages and stuff like that as they play out across the entire field. So, you know, having that extra set of eyes between your quarterback's coach, your backup quarterback, your offensive coordinator and everyone, it's pretty important for a well-oiled offense. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, you know, hey, Davis, um, have fun transitioning into a coach. You finally got out of like being that player. But um, now you can just, you know, see the other side as a coach now. So, you know, hopefully he, you know, eventually may see him as a head coach down the line. It's something to keep an eye on, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Um, Last game. Bengals at Bills, which I thought this was going to be a bit of a showdown. I saw parts of this game at the very The NFL least. wanted it to be a showdown so bad. They did. Um, 27-10 well, Bengals. Sorry, inter- quick interjection. Not as bad of a showdown as they they wanted the uh, Bills and Chiefs because they were selling tickets to that game right before they even had before they even had the results in. Oh, yeah, because uh, uh, Joe Burrow at the end of the game, he said, you better get those refunds. <laughs> yeah. I remember I saw, I saw that and I was like, man. And some of the other stuff I saw was just like, how are you going to be? You can't be Joe Burrow right there. Look how he's warming up. And like, they have yeah. all white unis on and stuff like that. And I saw a lot of tweets saying like, you can't even see him on the field because it's snowing and it's snowing in Buffalo and all that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, Joe Burrow, you the man, uh, you made the Bills look bad, especially with Stephon Diggs and stuff like that. Um, and speaking of Stephon Diggs, if y'all saw a lot of the stuff that Eli Apple was tweeting and stuff like that, that man. Uh, I think Stephon Diggs said like what happened between me and Josh Allen on the sideline because like you can see like Stephon Diggs talking to like kind of yelling at Josh Allen mm-hmm. you know that was whatever it was this and that yeah he's like everyone's looking at the reaction not the action and stuff like that and then Eli Apple says Cancun in three and he had like the, he literally <laughs> had that heart like the oh heart man that's trolling like that. yeah um it was um and a lot of people want Eli Apple to be silent, which honestly, after what that man's been through in the past, like what, three or four years alone, like he's been on two other franchises that hated him because of his play. I think it was the saints and giants at least. Yeah. Saints and giants. Um, and a lot, he had, he got a lot of hate from both the franchise, the, the fans and stuff like that. Right. Especially when they, when he was, you know, when they went to the super bowl, uh, with the Bengals, a lot of the, everyone was saying like, it's all because of Eli Apple. That's yeah. why he lost that Super Bowl and stuff. So, you know what? He has the right to talk, especially after that game and stuff like that, especially with all the hate he's gotten over the years. And finally, Joe Mixon and Samanje are good com- uh, a good combo. And shout out to Samanje P. Ryan. Um, play, he 
played against him in high school football up in Pflugerville, Texas. So, you know, hope you're doing good, buddy. If you ever listen to this podcast at random one day. <laughs> yeah, this game was uh, this game was pretty wild. I mean, I get, I should say pretty wild in how one sided it was. I mean, I it was never in doubt for me because like I, I like you've you've been listening to me stand over the Bengals ever since like like November, October. Oh man, you've been like Bengals, 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 the Bengals, Adam, the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, and so it's but the, the the funny thing is now that you know the season is done for the Bills. It's funny how all NFL analysts and like you know personalities are coming out. And acting like they didn't simp over the Bills the entire fucking season oh <laughs> because gosh. it was the most like it, the Bills in many regard in many ways were similar to the Chiefs in that they had a lot of good that covered up the bad and you know some of the good was you know that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs connection is absolutely elite. Mm-hmm. Some of the bad though is they didn't have any semblance of a run game whatsoever. I mean, I think Devin Singletary or uh, or Cook had like a couple of good games here and there but nothing consistent. And the fact that like when Von Miller got hurt and your defense just completely fell off a cliff, that's, that's usually a bad indicator. Obviously you had other guys that got hurt earlier on. And Hamlin was like the, the late season, you know, injury that they had, right. That's the reason why you kind of see a lot of like support behind the bills in their playoff run. But that's kind of where the other part of like the NFL, like favoring in a sense, like the bills to, to go ahead is because of that one thing too. Yeah, and I, you, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you know how the NFL tries to rig matchups and stuff like that. You know, there was no the rigging this. You know, there was no way, <laughs> there was no way that you can tilt this one in the Bills' favor because it was that one sided. But you know, Josh Allen is the focal point of that team, and you know, given that he was hobbled and the Bengals haven't lost since October, we kind of knew how this one would end. In terms yeah. of like, in terms of like stat wise, though, like Joe Burrow, two forty two, two tuds. Josh Allen, two sixty five, and a pick. You know, it wasn't anything like super flashy. Like, you know, you, we've seen stat lines where Joe Burrow will throw for like 400 plus yards and have like three picks or something like that. But this was mm-hmm. a, this was a, one of those games where it's playoff football. You just do what you got to do to win. And Joe Mixon had a day, 105 yards on the ground. And, you know, co- compare that to the Bills who had 37 non-Josh Allen rushing yards. And uh, Josh Allen himself had 26 and a tud, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. On the defensive side of things, it wasn't much going on either. It's just, it was just a grinded out football game. I think a lot of the defenses have cooled off a little bit in the playoffs. I think that's like the trend I've seen, especially when the playoffs started. Was like a lot of these defenses are not defensing like they were in the season. Yeah, defensing, but yeah, they're it's you know it's it's the end of the season. It's cold depending on where you're playing at, but also because like everyone's snowing. bodies are worn out too. You can only do so much, but everyone's pushing. That's, don't get me wrong. That's why so. that first round buy is so damn important. Very, although you do not, you do not get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, and you know the like both team defenses only had one sack, and Bengals themselves, at least on defense, they had eight passes defended, which is kind of what like a lot for for a lot of teams. And so you know, I think that for kind a, of made Bills the difference team in the game. Who go through Josh Allen and you know Stephon yeah. Diggs. Then if you're talking about pat, like all those pass defenses, I did see some of those highlights, and I was just like, oof. Yeah, you can't if if you can't even make like you can't even get to Stephon Diggs as, as you would want, or any of your other receivers. You know, that's kind of troubling. Yeah. And so, you know, the question is, Bill season is over. How do you regroup in the off season for them? Um, they're just reloading. Cancun heavy. on three. Cancun <laughs> on three. <laughs> um, it's I think one thing they need to do is go find some more receiver talent. Uh, because they had a Cole Beasley out there and stuff like that. But like you have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, but oh, you have Greg Davis too. Like Greg Davis is like the other. This is the wide receiver too over there that you can get behind. I guess you need to find that third receiver for the team right now. And I think they're gonna they're gonna move on to Cook 
as their running back. So um, I forgot his first name. Was it Josh? I think it was Zach or Zane or no, no, it's not Zach or Zane. Either way, uh, last names. The, basically, the other cook of Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook's younger brother. brother. Yeah, so he's over there at the Bills. I they put him in the game. I saw him get some more reps. I think they're going to transition over to him. James um, Cook. James Cook. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere with the with the J, but <laughs> um, uh, yeah, definitely not Josh. What am I? What am I thinking? But. Uh, that's one thing you have to do for the offense. There's not much else. I think they have a good O-line over there. Hopefully they can retain. I haven't really seen. They definitely need to do something with the defense. Uh, what's the status of Von Miller? Although Von Miller has just been active and talking about it um, on his own podcast show uh, as well. So I've been watching here and there, but it's just one of those things where injury took him out for the season. He can only do what he can. So um, I think some of like their their key free agencies is a free agent players is Jordan Poyer, their safety um, I'm seeing Tremaine Edmonds, uh, their linebacker, who's 25. So I think that's a big contract, basically. That I, I believe they drafted him, so that's a big contract they're going to give right there. Don't see any anybody else unless like I see some offensive linemen. I see Shaq Lawson, their edge, but he's 29. He was on like a little bit of a call, uh, a contract. So I don't, and Devin Singletary, which I think they're going to let go for again James Cook. So not too sure of. There's no other big names on there, but. They just need to reload. It's just basically a yeah. reload and try again. That's all you can do. One of the headlines that came out of this game too, and when in terms of like you know people covering up the cracks on the Bills, was that Bills have invested a lot in their defense, mm-hmm. and you know they have very good players, but they've spent some very high draft capital and haven't been able to get that elite type of player to the point where you know Von Miller goes down, the entire defense doesn't tank, right? Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's one thing to be concerned about. I mean, if you if you just keep stacking the room, eventually you're going to hit. So I, I I can see them continuing to build that part out, especially come draft time. I think one thing I saw on the meme side of things was that like the NFL actually gave like actually changed the rules be, uh, for you just because of what happened last year with the Bills and Chiefs, and now you even you just got knocked out. Come on now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, that was that I saw that and I, I was just like, oh, that sucks. That yeah, really that was we, we didn't we didn't get a we didn't get a round two on that one. Right, and the only thing I also have to say is just Joe Burr, Joe he's Burr, Joe Shiesty, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr. Like he's the man right now. So hopefully we're gonna hopefully you know we see him go far back into the Super Bowl, and hopefully they can actually win it. Yeah, I uh, they're my team, so that I'm <laughs> that I'm picking going through. So we'll yeah. see. Yep. So last game was Cowboys at 49ers, 19-12 49ers. We were both right in this one. Thank God, because I don't want to hear any more because I was even going to the stores and stuff. And I'm in Dallas. So, of course, you yeah. know what you're going to hear when you go anywhere. I'm even talking to the mailman at my apartment. Same thing. Just Cowboys yeah. all the way. Right. So all I have to say is noise, noise 49ers. <laughs> but now I just need the 49ers to lose. <laughs> yeah. And so like this game wasn't like uh, as flashy as like, you know, any of the other games or in terms of scoring or, or or anything like that. It was a it was a low scoring affair. The difference came kind of came down to which quarterback made fewer mistakes, and Brock Purdy <laughs> got that by a mile, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's also some inj- some big injuries that happened in this game too to some players that are actually on their contract year. So, um, but if anything, like you said, it was a defensive affair. And then I just want to at least talk about the tail end of the game. Where what the hell was the Cowboys running at the final play of the game? Yeah, I don't got know. Zeke blown up at center, dude. He and, got blown up. And you threw the ball for ten yards when you need like eighty. And <laughs> he threw. I think he threw to CD, and it was like a completely. He was like completely annihilated. 
Oh, it was just so bad. It was the stupidest play known to man. Like by design, it was the stupidest play. Even <laughs> like the even the head coach uh, McCarthy was just like, "Yeah, no, that play was actually in our game plan for like you know when we're trying to win." I'm like, I didn't see any winning football right there. Yeah. I just saw like I don't know, you gave up. You didn't it looked like downfield. the it looked like the play from a while back. I think it was I want to say it was the Colts that like tried to do like a trick play where they only had like three linemen on the on the line of scrimmage on a punt as and like they blind up everyone else on the outsides mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like. I think the Patriots just kind of just like blasted through them and just like I remember turned it, that they turned it. I can I think it was I a seen, I actually seen one where it worked where like they were just like what the heck and then you see like everyone's on the right side like you see the receiver too so what they did was like they said hut threw the ball to that receiver and he ran down the field I don't know if it was for a touchdown or not but I do I remember that play don't know who did it and who who they did it on so that was a long time ago though I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, I remember whenever that play happened, everybody was like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> you know, the Jimmy Butler, uh, the oh, Jimmy man. Butler meme. <laughs> what oh. the fuck was that? But <laughs> some some notable injury, like one notable injury that came out of this game was Tony Pollard broke his leg, and I think he might have sprained, torn a ligament as well. Ooh, and so man. you know, to, for for you know, we we joke about Cowboys fans and stuff like that, but real Cowboys fans that you know watch the team week in week out, you know, they're. They know how important Tony Pollard is to that team. He, if a lot of them will say that Tony Pollard is their best running back, and you know yeah. when he got when he got hurt, uh, that the Cowboys running game just kind of ended with with him, you know, leaving the field. Yeah, um, it's, it's Tony Pollard's contract year, so don't know what's going to happen to him now. Yeah, and so you know you hate to see it. I mean, even if you got even Skip Bayless saying that Tony Pollard is the running back of the team, like you know, Skip it's Bayless. like Skip Bayless. No, yes, and yes, <laughs> Skip, <laughs> Skip, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In terms of like uh, on the other side of the ball, both both the teams' defenses kind of shined in this game, which most people won't appreciate, but because fans love touchdowns. But you know, this was a game where like guys like CMC was held in check and Dak was contained. I saw a stat that like uh, like the Niners exclusively played zone coverage on defense, almost like exclusively, maybe like a few plays here and, and that there. That just with, worked against Dak, and that just worked. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, it works really well when you well, have a strong that, that front line, that front line on the yeah, exactly. defense. You got to give them credit because the, what they can do is basically take all that pressure off of their DBs by just being excellent on that line. The point of zone coverage is often to capitalize on mistakes from quarterbacks. You know, a lot of people used to play man to man, and you know they can. That's usually just a, a physical physicality mismatch for mm-hmm. that waiting to happen for certain players because, um, you know, the the receivers have only gotten faster and faster since since the end of football has started. But that front seven was pretty crucial to them being able to play zone so much, and then they were just able to pick Dak off when he was you know trying to run for his life. Yeah, I mean the only thing you're gonna and this is one thing where we were talking about before, like you need a defense in the playoffs, and that showed it here. If you didn't have, let's just say you didn't have an offense. And you didn't have a defense. I don't know what you're doing here. Yeah. If you we, have no offense but a defense, sure, it, it it's great. But you have to have some type of offense, man, because it could be frustrating. And that's what happened with the Cowboys. They just didn't have their offense. Just 12 points. That's it. That's what you. That's it. That's all you can. That's all you can bring out. I mean, I'm not saying you're the the Bengals or let alone Brett, the Eagles, but man, how pissed do you think people were when Brett Mayer's first uh, uh, point uh, extra point attempt was blocked? <laughs> Oh, it's just I think they're I don't know I think they're just gonna, it's Jerry Jones's world right so I yeah. think he's gonna let a lot of people go and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and you know we 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 talked about this a little bit earlier too. This defense, Micah Parsons, obviously extremely elite talent stuff yeah. like that. You you can't take away anything from these players, but um, Cowboys defense is inevitably gonna regress a little bit once Dan Quinn gets a head coaching job somewhere else. Right. And so you know we'll see how we'll see how that hashes out because. 
know, the Dan Quinn effect, you know, he turned Seahawks defense into what it is, turns Falcons defense into what it was. And now, now he did that with, uh, with the uh, Cowboys, you know, it, he, he does good things for defenses wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, wherever he goes from here, you know, that team will probably excel if, if, immediately, if not within the first couple of years, but the Cowboys are likely going to regress on defense. So that'll be something to keep an eye out for. Yeah. The, the question for, for a question for you, mm-hmm. you know, given how, what we've seen from Dak and Zeke up to this point in the season, you know, Zeke has looked like a shadow of himself. He hasn't been anywhere near what he was before. Dak seems to, I think Dak, it looks like he's kind of hitting his ceiling in terms of, what his ability is, you know, maybe, and he's in that, probably that Kirk Cousins type of level. What do you do if you're the, the, if you're Jerry Jones and Jerry world, do you, what if do you I'm do with Jerry these two Jones players? or what should the Cowboys do in general? <laughs> All right. Yeah. The, you would hope that if you're a Cowboys fans, that those are the two same things, but let's say what should Cowboy, what should the Cowboys organization do? Um, I really feel like what, what is holding the Cowboys back as a whole, as a franchise is Jerry Jones himself. So you need to let Jerry Jones get his, you know, his old wrinkled hands out of the pot and, you know, leave it to the, like, actually leave it to a formidable head coach. Don't just get a coach that is, is your yes man throughout the season um, and actually have a GM do his job because the owner needs to just be the owner in this case with the Cowboys. I feel like Jerry Jones just gets in the way of the Cowboys success at times. Yeah. Now, granted, I don't know what, like, I just feel like a lot of coaching has also been holding back. So you need to go get a formidable head coach. That's why I was saying go find another head coach because McCarthy ain't the one for you. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> go get Bill O'Brien. He can he do just... both jobs. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a value pick right there, right? That's a value pick. Um, you know, I, I'll give Jerry Jones one thing. He did do Dak right after Dak broke his leg on a contract year. You know, he yeah. did give him that deal. And Dak has had ample had a lot of fans, though, up in arms or split on the Dax contract, right? Because people are like, it, it, I haven't seen... I even talked to my own family and other friends and even... I even talked to my own barber. It was just like, yeah, Dak is just... It's like he's he's good. He ain't great or something. Like, he's like he's middle. I'm like, is this the truth? Black Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what that is. Yeah, but they were saying, like, uh, is this, like, the definition of a mid-quarterback in Dak Prescott? Like, is is that who he would define as mid? At first, I thought it was Kirk Cousins. I thought people thought Kirk Cousins was, like, the mid-quarterback. But right now, it, it seems You're like... Saying, are you, you think that Dak is more mid than Kirk Cousins? I don't know, because, like, you see, I mean, if you look at the successes of both of those teams over the past some years, it's like they get a lot of wins, a lot of accolades on the offensive side of things, but something happens, some mess up or something, or something stupid, like in the case of, like, I don't know, the calls and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I just feel like, I feel like the Cowboys are, like, getting in their own head. I feel like Jerry Jones is holding them back and getting in the way. That's just my opinion. Um but uh, yeah, also real quick, Tray- Trayvon Mullen is on the team and that's uh, where Lamar Lamar Jackson's cousin is at, but he's a free agent um, after that. So who knows? He might go to the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one last thing on the Cowboys. If you're, uh, if you're a non-Cowboys fan, you hope Jerry Jones stays in that job as long as possible because oh, everybody kind of everybody kind of knows that's where the, uh, that's where the holdup is in the organization. Yeah. Because you even have like a lot of uh, old hoffers that were, you know, on the Cowboys and as football analysts and they're loud and talking about Cowboys and stuff like that. Right. Um, Michael Irvin and, and others. Right. So um, it's every year it's we're on to the play. Like it's playoffs, Super Bowl, And I'm just like, y'all are just the most head ass, the most like in your head, like fr- franchise I've ever seen. Some people say like, 
other teams are annoying. Cowboys fans are annoying, bro. Like, the, and you know the Cowboys fans I'm talking about. Not like all the fans. There's actual realistic fans. They're just they they're just not all in Dallas. There was a there was something I saw which was like Jalen Hurts was born, played you know learned how to play football, throw a football, squat six hundred pounds, made it to a conference championship game before the before the Cowboys did, which is yep, it's pretty wild. Look, again, like I said, I feel like the Cowboys are getting in their own way. They have a bit of an offseason in front of them. They're like losing a lot of depth, if not a lot of um like starters and stuff like that. Um so like Leighton Vander Esch is going to go, Jason Peters Which, is out. If you watch if you watch the Cowboys, Leighton Vander Esch is probably one of the most important players on that defense. There like you you can look at stats day in and day out that you know mm-hmm. when Leighton Vander Esch is on the field versus when he's off the field, the team like the the team gives up a lot more without him on the field. And so if they can't retain him, you know, good luck. Yeah. Some, and then like, I think they're also losing Donovan Wilson, who was their like 83%. He played about 83% of the snaps at safety for them. You got Connor McGovern, a right guard for them that played 78, 76% of the snaps. And you know, their old line is in a flux too. They used to have the best old line. Obviously they're kind of coming back to earth now, because again, like you said about like what to do with Zeke, Zeke, unfortunately is, He's like um, it's a second tra- it's a second contract curse with the running backs. That's why a lot of people are hesitant about the Saquon Barkley thing. Not personally, but yeah, a lot of time when a running back gets their second contract, irrespective of who they are personally, they'll they don't typically uh, pan out as much. Yeah, because running back is running back, right? They just devalue the position. Um, Dalton Schultz, tight end for them, is that's an also, important one. Yeah, that's an important one. Then Anthony Brown, uh, who played over sixty percent of the snaps at corner, is up too. So. It's up in the air of what they're gonna do, but um, I don't know, man. Like it's that's just that's just their off season. They're, they got to figure some things out and what they want to do and what they want to be. That's all I got to say on that one. So yeah, here's to hoping they don't figure it out. Facts. So you uh, talk about these conference round games, my friend. Yeah, we we only got two picks, so uh, would like to toot my own horn. I was four for four last week. I think that was the first you got time. It. You got it. <laughs> that was you the first it. time I got a hundred, but. Uh, the conference round games next next uh, next weekend we got a couple good ones. We got 49ers at Eagles, number one, number two seed. Who do you got? Eagles, because I want the yeah. 49ers to win. But I also I, I want Jalen Hurts to get it though. Yeah, Brock Purdy. That is a great story to have over there. You know, Mister Irrelevant coming onto the team and leading them into the playoffs. But uh, I want Jalen Hurts to kind of have his time personally. Yeah, me too. I think the organization has just done so many right things and done so like. It, it just seems like they were such a well-run team that you kind of want them to you want them to win. They just stacked everywhere. Yep. So I got the Eagles both, as well. Yeah, we're both picking Eagles on that one. And the the other one we got, Bengals at Chiefs. You know where my vote is. Okay. Um, for me, it's all it's also the Bengals as well because I kind of, you know, they need to come. Like, just like how I did with the Bills, Bengals too. They were in the Super Bowl with the Rams. And, you know, they had that. It was like a lot of people said they could just hold out a little bit longer. They could have got that final touchdown they needed with Jamar Chase. But, yeah, I'm picking Bengals over the Chiefs. And also because the Bengals have beat the Chiefs like the last three or four times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, I'm just going by history. So, we know that I'm definitely going to watch that one. These are really two good games to watch, though, for sure. I'm definitely going to watch both. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think that's uh that, that's uh we only have two two games next week. We're almost at the end of the season, man. So any last thoughts from you before we sign off? Well, one, I don't think I actually uh updated everyone on the fantasy side of things. It's been a while. <laughs> I got to. So I actually won both championships in both of my leagues. Uh, where are you so, taking me? We going on? We go, you taking me to dinner, right? <laughs> Yo, 
no, no, no dinner for you, my friend. No, yeah, no. You, you know how much help, I you eat. Didn't, you didn't help me out, man. Hey, I'm therapy. Therapy, that's true. Um, but yeah, it was, I think the only issue that happened was the Damar Hamlin like situation that actually affected like a championship for one of them. And then also affected a game before the championship in the other. So it was just a, there was some like compensation stuff done and like, Hey, let's do this and that. But at the end of the day, I could at least say I won two, uh, fantasy championships for what it's worth, you know? Uh, and I love that. Finally, also, I wanted to say Eagles and Jags. I want. I wanted at first. I wanted the Eagles and the Jags to go to the Super Bowl, but um, in this case, Eagles and Bengals. Let's go. You know, Eagles versus Bengals. Let's do it. Let's um, ride. Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> let's ride. Let's crawl. I don't know. And then finally, again, finally. Now, finally, can it just be draft day already? Or you, you, you want to play Madden? Season? You want to play Madden fantasy fantasy draft so bad? Maybe, just maybe. Well, actually, I'm also trying to see if Madden will come on Game Pass uh, if in February after the Super Bowl. That's also why I mm. just haven't personally bought it. Also, they have a lot of issues over there, so that's a, that's another thing. That's so, a different. That's a different podcast. That's a whole. That's <laughs> I could actually have a whole episode dedicated to that, but. For the sake of time and everyone's, you know, not having to hear me complain about a video game, you know, that's it for me. Yeah, and for me, it's, uh, you know, it's <laughs> cowboy. Uh, we we talked a lot about the Cowboys already, but for me, I just want to say, have fun with y'all's off season because I know Jerry Jones can't wait to come into that into that uh, into that organization, that office, and just hand out pink slips to everybody he hates. And uh, here at the Miss Reps podcast, we love Cowboys chaos. So, oh yeah, I get a front seat to it. So I might even just go and just be like, front seat, look at the action happening. Hey, don't, <laughs> don't say that because if he, if Jerry Jones knows people would pay for it, he would start selling tickets. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But that's all for me. All right, but um, that's and pretty much with that. Um, hey, thank you all for uh, listening to this podcast. That's it from us over here at Miss Reps. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and on our YouTube uh, channel at Misreps. Handles are the same across the board. Give us five stars or the highest rating for every single episode that you listen to, even the ones you don't listen to. Just give it a five stars. You don't you don't know the content you're missing in there. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, we hope to see you again uh, next week. Peace. Peace.